0: Welcome to Kaya, the college and young adult ministry of Midtown Baptist Temple, a
1: ministry seeking to pursue a deeper faith in Jesus Christ through God's word, fellowship, and prayer.
2: All right, welcome to Kaya. Uh... Man, we're coming off this retreat, and you guys, at this point, you should know and expect that after retreats, we're gonna talk about testimonies. We're gonna see what God did in the lives of of certain people here. And, And it's and it's supposed to bolster your faith to hear maybe you went to retreat and maybe you had a hard time. Maybe you had a hard time hearing from God. Uh honestly. Uh, Pastor George Grace preaches a lot different than a lot of what we're used to hearing and so maybe you shut down and you're like man, it's kind of hard to understand what this guy's talking about. He's talking about a lot of stuff that's kind of going over my head and then you kind of miss stuff. But you know what? what's awesome is that somebody else got something. And here in in our college class we're going to hear testimonies from, from men and women that did get something and God showed them something and I hope that hearing these testimonies brings to remembrance the things that you did here during the retreat. Or maybe you didn't get to go, and these things are going to encourage you uh, throughout your week and, and whatnot. And anyway, it's Testimony Day. Yeah. So if this is your first time, Kaya, this is not normal. This isn't our regular uh, every week uh, setup, uh, but you're in for a treat. All right, so first off, we got David Mulo. Where you at, yeah?
1: So I need to turn the mic on. Um, So I'm shy, and I'm not good at communicating. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you what God showed me from a journal thing I kind of wrote out. So uh, who all was able to go to All Church Retreat? Okay, cool. A lot of us here were able to go. Um, So I, unfortunately, was working during the days, and so I didn't get to hear the whole Humility series that Joe uh, McCaig preached, but uh, I did get to hear the one on Saturday morning. Um, And in that message, uh, he talked about how God transformed uh, presumptuous and prideful Peter into the man who wrote the handbook on humility in the New Testament. And he read this verse that Peter wrote in 1 Peter 4, But the end of all things is at hand. Be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. And uh, one of the most powerful statements uh, in the message to me was when he referenced the story of the Garden of Gethsemane in light of this verse. Uh, And so Jesus, at the end of his earthly life and ministry, commanded Peter to watch and pray. Uh, But Jesus returned to find him fast asleep. And this actually happens uh, again and again. So if you read the story, it's, it's, it's an interesting story. But Joe was making the point that if we were to look at that picture We would maybe think, oh, Jesus is worried, and Peter, and then they're just having a good time. Like, they're good. They're sleeping. But the reality was, they were the ones who scattered, and Jesus was ready for the fight. And he was ready for the battle. And so that just intrigued me, and I, I wanted to heed George Grace's advice and just kind of look into the story, look into what I was hearing about in the, in the words. So I, I wanted to know more about Peter, and I realized that I relate to Peter in a lot of ways. Um, some of the things uh, during the story, some of which were directly referenced or may have been referenced in Joe's other sermons, but Jesus offers to wash the disciples' feet, and they receive it, but it says when he gets to Peter that uh, Peter, ultimately, he questions that and refuses it initially. Jesus says Peter can't follow him where he's going just yet, and Peter questions Jesus, and he boldly declares to him he's going to lay down his life for him. Um, Jesus is uh, being tried, and Peter denies Jesus, and the Bible says that Peter followed Jesus afar off. Uh, He was outside the door, and he warmed himself at a fire with the world. Um, And it even says that when Jesus sees Peter right after those denials, Peter went out and wept bitterly. Um, I don't know if, you've, if, any, if any of you guys have felt like Peter before, but I, I, I realized in, in, in looking through this and comparing it to the message that I relate to him in, in several ways. And so we see Peter's flaws. He's zealous, but his zeal is unbridled. And he's prone to action, which we want to live out our faith, but too often his actions are corrupt deeds of the flesh. Uh, he, he says he'll lay down his life for Jesus. He boldly proclaims it, but his deeds reveal that his heart is far from him. Uh, When simply told to watch and and pray, he keeps squandering that stewardship God gave him. It was a very simple command. And Joe talked about how humility or or confidence in and focus on Christ enables us to be charitable and hospitable. And he talked about forgiving others over and over again. And in this story, I saw Christ do that for Peter. Uh, He desired to eat with him with great desire, it says. He prayed for him that his faith wouldn't fail. He served and washed him. He gave him stewardship at one of the most crucial moments in his life and ministry, And he knew Peter would fail, but he chose to love Peter and see him for who he would be. And uh, I've been a lot like Peter over the years. I've been zealous but failed to be rooted in love. I've, I've taken action for God in my flesh. I've rejected the humility of, of Christ's service and opted for my own ways and thinking. I've, I've failed to be faithful with simple commandments and stewardships God has given me. And yet through all of this, God has been faithful and has been at work in my life. And we get to see a glimpse of just who Peter gets to become uh, in, in 1 Peter 4, which was part of what Joe shared with us. But just as Peter followed uh, Jesus afar off, I've allowed myself to become discouraged and my zeal to dwindle. And instead of watching and praying, I've often fallen asleep uh, to comfort my flesh, to pity myself, just like Peter. But God showed me through the example of Peter that God's not given up on me. And if he can make Peter a faithful servant, a compassionate and grave shepherd and a man who preaches diligence and humility, I can trust him to do that in me. And uh, just in closing, uh, after Jesus' resurrection, uh, instead of Peter going to the world or pitying himself, he goes fishing with Jesus Christ, and he dines with the disciples. And Jesus doesn't condemn him. He gives him an opportunity to repent, and he tells him to uh, to, to feed his sheep three times. And so Joe talked about how charity is loving and giving without expectation of return. And Jesus completely laid down his life for me and has not held my sins against me. And I see God envisioning me to love and edify others with this kind of love. So God has uh, showed and reminded me that I can simply continue in ministry and trust him to feed his flock instead of cowering back into what makes my flesh comfortable or feeling sorry for myself. And uh, like Jesus in the garden, instead of sleeping, I can watch, pray, and trust God And uh, just double down on the things that I know he's calling me to is the bottom line. Thanks, guys.
2: Okay. There it is. Thank you, David. Man, isn't that so true? I don't know how many of you can relate to feeling like Peter. And if you can't, I hope that you can now, because really, all it really looks like is feeling unworthy of Jesus's love, right? Peter felt that way at times, especially after he denied Christ. And yet, Jesus still pursued him. When he goes when he meets with him again, and he says, do you love me? He asked him three times. He, gives him, he denied him three times, but he gives him three chances to say, yes, I do love you. And he says, well, then feed my sheep, right? He doesn't give up. And that's what, man, if that, nothing else humbles you, it should humble you that the creator of the universe loves you in spite of who you are. You can hide from everybody else. You can keep secrets. But Jesus knows exactly who you are, and he still died for you. And he never regrets dying for you. He would do it again if he had to. And I'm thankful for you, David. thankful for that, that testimony. Uh, Peter. And, and, yeah, Joe McKeg, Also, you guys should get to know Joe McKaig if you ever get a chance. And Drew, his son. Uh, if you ever get a chance to meet Drew, he's an awesome dude, too. I got to hang out with him uh, a little bit, uh, bit ago. All right. Uh, Next up, we got David Gelvin, where you at, man?
3: Is this on? It is on, great. I'm setting a timer to make sure, because I'm a little bit long-winded. If you don't know me, my name is David Gelvin. I've been coming to Midtown and Kaya for just over a year. And um, if we don't know each other, feel free to introduce yourself at any time, except for the next five minutes. That would be inappropriate and awkward. Um, So this is my first all-church retreat, uh, and God showed me a lot. I have a lot that I could recap, but in particular, um, I was convicted over my self-reliance. Uh, which we learned from Joe is pride. There are areas in my life where I've just been relying on my own strength. Um, and uh, Pastor Dan talked about how this is actually uh, a confusion of religious activity for knowing God. All right, it's forgetting the goal, which is the goal is knowing Christ. Um, Pastor Dan said it like this. We eschew an intimate relationship with God for religious activity. Our lives become a contradiction and our sanctification becomes based on what we do rather than who God is. And that's exactly where I've been. Um, I'm in D1, and I'm growing in ministry involvement. And it's easy to confuse the things that I do with the goal of actually knowing the Father, knowing Jesus Christ. Um, and, and Dan also described it as how that activity becomes the source of, of our union, whereas biblically, the union is the source of our activity. And when you get that order right, which is what I had forgotten, uh, is that the union of God, when it's when it's your source, um, the activity then becomes a testimony of his goodness. Um, so that was a really key point for me. In terms of specifically how I was Self-reliant, um, Pastor Joe McKeag. It was really interesting because he described humility as complete reliance on God, which practically I'm still trying to figure out. Right? I mean, it's just it's a really mind-blowing concept. But pride is reliance on self, and he went so far as to say as it is habitual self-reliance. And and I thought about that word. and He talked about habitual being compulsive or even addictive behavior, and I thought to myself, um, well, what am I habitual in? What am I addicted to? And, um, you know, by the grace of God, I don't have any physical addictions right now. Um, but there are thoughts that I'm addicted to. There are thought patterns that I will think over and over and over again, uh, despite their impact on my heart and despite their impact on my life and my relationships. Uh, and I actually made a list of those. Um, but the one I wanted to focus on, which kept coming up throughout retreat, was comparison. Um, I am habitually engaged in comparing myself to people I see, people like you, taking arbitrary measurements, and then I either come up short or long, both of which leave me feeling like I don't belong in Midtown and Kaya. Um, and, and so then you know you start doubling down on pride and you know, doubling down on ego to make yourself right. Um, and that has a lot of emotional consequences. Wow, I got a lot louder there. Um, That has emotional consequences. I don't know if you feel that, but that results in emotional turmoil. Um, And and God made it very clear, I need emotional victory in my life. I mean, I bought the book (laughs) for my sister. (laughs) I'll vet it, you know, I'll glance at it. Um, But ultimately, uh, my hope is misplaced, right? Pastor Joe, Joe McKegg taught us that hope is the root of humility, Um, And so this made me ask myself, what am I truly hoping in? Um, And and these were sort of the harder questions. Um, What what is my goal? Am I just here to be accepted socially? Am I here to play the part until I find the one? Am I just looking for Brandon's approval? Or the approval of other leaders? Um, Or is Christ my goal? And here's the thing. It does not matter if I know to say that Christ is my goal if he actually isn't my goal. Uh, that counts for nothing. Um, who, who am I trying to fool in that scenario? <laughs> God can see my heart. He can see it. I can fool you all and I can fool myself, but I cannot fool him. Um, so why, why waste the time? God can, God can tell immediately. Um, so... There's so much to say, but, but the application there is um, I need to be going to God daily in his word and in his prayer, not so I can learn how to fix myself, not so that I can keep up with other people at Midtown, but so that I can spend time with the Father. And secondly, I need to take every thought captive and compare it to the truth of Scripture, not to my arbitrary assessments of my peers. So that's my testimony. Thank you. <clears throat>
2: david thanks bro that was great all right now we got the davids out of the way (laughs) now david that was that was really really vulnerable too that was great and uh i think more of us need to be vulnerable like that uh obviously with each other but especially with god because he made that great point like we cannot hide from god he's the discerner of hearts he knows your heart. You can spin your wheels trying to fool God, but he knows what exactly is going on in your heart. And uh, man, in our strength, I mean, I was when we were packing up, I was following, uh, uh, what was there? Andrea and Caleb uh, Seamers, the Seamers. And their little son, Gus, was like trying his darndest to carry his pillowcase and everything. And he was like pushing on his door. And Andrea was like, Gus, you got to get through the door gotta push through the door, and he was like,
1: I can't,
2: (laughs) and he was trying, and sometimes I think that's what we look like when we try and take, uh, we try and take control from God, and we are like, we're like, maybe I could do this, and I don't, maybe I don't need God's help, but you know what ended up happening is eventually Andrea was like, all right, Gus, and she like shoved the door open, It's like, you gotta go through, and it was great, and he was like, oh, that's how we are sometimes, too, we get done, and God helped us, we're like, oh, thank God, it was very funny. But yes, we cannot trust in our own strength. It's pretty weak, especially in comparison to God. And comparing yourselves to each other, it's like we're all weak, so don't compare. It's a bad comparison. Um, all right, Jillian, where are you at? Oh, there you go. Come on up. Come on, you're all right. Come on. Go ahead, Jillian.
4: Hello. It's on now. Um, yeah, this is a lot of people. Um, I don't know, and it's just a lot of love all in one room. I just love you guys. Um, so, yeah, I think the conviction that I came out of retreat with, um, so I'm about to go see my family in Wichita, like, tonight. (laughs) for a few days, and family camp is like, was really, really, really refreshing this year, because um, it was a really good reminder that, um, especially in George's first message, like studying to show yourself approved, but being able to study to give an answer to every man that asks you of the hope that lies within you, uh, or with meekness and fear, um, and so, yeah, like, my family's really smart, and so I was, like, in the past, I had a lot of, like, fear of, like, trying to engage in conversations with them, because they study, like, way, way, way harder than I do, and so I'm, like, okay, well, I'm just going to be insecure and shut down, and, like, not study, but um, I think Georgia's message, instead of being, like, feeling condemning and really heavy, like, oh, man, he studied so hard, it was actually, like, oh, I have access to that. Like I can do that too. And I can actually like talk um, about these things with meekness and fear, Um, not for my own like own knowledge, but um, so that I can edify my family and encourage them. Um, Because they need encouragement too, just like you guys need encouragement, just like I need encouragement. I can't really count the conversations that I had over retreat that were just really encouraging because everyone's hearing from God. And they love the Lord, not because they love the idea of being at this church or because they love, um, the idea of being like puffed up, um, but because like the Lord Jesus Christ saved their soul and he's teaching them every day. Um, and he has answers for every question that we have. So, um, that was was just super duper, duper encouraging. Um. I don't know, it really, it's not really that complicated for me this year. It was just really simple and just a reminder um, that God loves me and he's willing to answer all my questions, even if they're like endless and really hard and um, yeah, even if it's like broken, he can fix it. So um, that's basically my testimony. I mean, I have a lot more to share. If you want to like grab coffee sometime, I have like a bajillion thoughts, and I'm still chewing on retreat, like there's literally so much. Um, but yeah, I love you guys. That's it..
2: Um, okay. Uh, your family's not smarter than God, Jillian. (laughs) I don't know them, but they're not smarter than God. Uh, Jesse Best, where you at, man?
0: Hello? What's on? yeah, there are a lot of you. It, it looks like there's a lot less of you up there, uh, but yeah. Um, so starting off, I thought his name was Joe McKay, not Joe McCaig. Um, I'd go look up on his church website his name, and um, it's still written wrong in my notes. Um, I'm just going to put that out there. Um, So God showed me through the sermons uh, that I need to be completely uh, obedient to him in all ways. Um, And he started showing me that, um, little did I know before retreat, um, but he solidified it in the sermons and he kept asking me questions that would build on each other. Um, So it started in George Grace's first sermon, with the question of what does the Bible say in wherever passage I'm looking at, what does it mean and how does it apply to me? Um, So what does the Bible say and how do I submit to it and obey that? Uh, Added to that was a bit from Joe McCaig's first message when he talked about how Christ knew who he was in God so he could wash the feet of his disciples. Um, He could do the distasteful and the uncomfortable things because of his identity in God. Um, And as I was writing that in my my notes, uh, I realized that I'm not sure I could say the same thing. Um, I wasn't sure that I was in that place, Um, which means I hadn't fully submitted to my identity in Christ, that would allow me to go out and do everything God wanted me to do. Um... And, and those things that he would want me to do, but my flesh resists. Um, so I couldn't claim that. Uh, Dan Renault also added to it um, when he talked about prayer, uh, but also about God doing the work and not me doing works for God. Um, I lost my place. Oh, yeah. Um, obedience and prayer says that God's going to do it and not me, and so I have to talk to him and ask him. Um, I need to give my heart to God And cry out for him to do the work um, And so added on to that Was Joe McCaig's next message um, and He talks about humility um, Which is obedience uh, and submission um, It's the submission where I obey the word And submit to its authority uh, I don't do the things that I think they should be Or I'm sorry I don't do the way I don't do the things the way I think they need to be done, I do it the way the Bible says to do it. Even if it doesn't make sense or I really want to say that it doesn't apply, obedience is I'm doing it the way the Bible says. Um, So Alan Shelby's message uh, sent this main thing about obedience home for me. he also talked about prayer, I believe, and how it accesses God and him doing the thing, whatever the thing is. Uh, during this message, I was getting convicted and I wasn't really sure about what, so I asked, I asked God, like, hey, God, uh, what's this conviction? What am I doing wrong? Um, and so in the next few minutes, um, Alan's preaching and a question uh, attracts my attention. And the question was, do I respond to the movement of the Holy Spirit? And I knew the answer, and the answer was no. Um, Through a process of events, I've started ignoring the Holy Spirit when he says to do something um, or to not do something that I'm about to do. Um, And every time I do that, I disobey. Um, And it's a disobedience rooted in pride and rebellion. Um, so God showed that to me. And I knew that this time I needed to respond to the Holy Spirit. I mean, I'm getting convicted about not responding to the Holy Spirit. If, if I don't respond here, I never will. Um, so I prayed, uh, and confessed this to God. I prayed with Jake Bush about it. Um, and I just want to move forward in obedience. Um, and and what was funny is in the message that he showed me, Um, that I was doing something wrong. He also told me how to fix it. Um, And Alan Shelby ended his message by saying, quit sinning and quit quitting out. And instead of doing those things, pray. Uh, So that's what I did. Um, So all in all, I need to obey God in faith and in his strength. I don't have the capability to obey him on my own. I've found that out by now. Um... In my strength, I make the commands of God optional when they're just as true and, and fundamental as gravity. So pray without ceasing is just as necess- necessary for my life as the sun rising each day. Um, there's no question on whether or not I obey the Bible. It is absolute truth in my life. Uh, Joe McCaig summed it up perfectly at the end of his last message. Um, and He said... I do everything in the power of God for the glory of God. Thank you. Good job, man. Man.
2: Thank you, Jesse. Didn't these dudes grow up, like, overnight? (laughs) Jesse was just, like, this big and, like, just a clone, like him and his brother. All of a sudden. Individuals. Uh, (laughs) All of a sudden, they, they split their brains, finally, and now they're two different people. Um, man, I, I'm thankful for you, man. I'm thankful that through all those things you said, I think something that we can see is that Jesse and his family have been a part of this church since day one. And if anyone knows the right answer, it's probably Jesse. Jesse knows the Christian things to say. He knows the right stuff to say. But yet God still can grow him and teach him that he is doing something wrong. And praise God that we have that example that it's like, man, just because I've been here my whole life doesn't mean I have everything figured out. And God can still change my heart and I can grow. So don't ever think you're too far along in your walk or too involved in church or something to like get changed, right? Uh, next up, where's Micah Sanders? This is this is uh, the black mica for everyone. Just say you know, there's a white one too.
5: I am black mica. <laughs> I am terrified up here right now, guys. All right. All right. Yeah. So I'm Micah. If you don't know me, uh, a few months ago. I just decided to, like, really grow in the Word, Uh, really, um, it's been really critical for me to actually, like, grow, and, um, it's been nice, and with Miles' sermons, with Brandon's sermons, it's been really good, um, we've seen some change and all that, but, uh, ACR, man, it's been, uh, it really took the cake, um, the night sessions were really good for me, um, George Grace, something else, but. He did it. It was the first, uh, the first sermon, um, the first session he went over, 1 Peter 3.15, but, uh, sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that I answer you a reason, you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And, uh, that was with me for like the rest of the ACR and it's with me today. And, um, Yeah, you also talked about, um, you know, if you're not in the Word and someone does ask you a question and you don't know the question, uh, you don't know the answer to the question, um, that could possibly, possibly, you know, not help that person in their spiritual life that can, uh, not bump them up a step closer to salvation. And if you are the one person that you talk to, about Christ or about the Bible, whatever, and you don't know the answer, um, you know, you if you're the only person, well, they don't reach salvation and they go to hell, you know? So that stuck with me. And, um, I remember like a few years ago, this one guy asked me a question when I thought I was a Christian, when I thought I knew Christ, he asked me why I read the Bible, why I go to church. And, uh, I gave him like the dumbest reason ever. It was idiotic. And so, when, he, when George was up there talking about you're stupid and all that, that was me <laughs> back in the day. But uh, fast forward into now, you know, I know Christ now. Uh, and I'm in the Word, and I'm seeing it play out where you know the Word, and eventually someone asks you a question, you, you give them the answer, it'll, you will see the fruit that comes from that. So a coworker asked me a question about something I went over like a month ago. And I was like, oh yes, I know the answer to this. So I gave him like the passage, told him to read it and all that. And then like the next week he was like, bro, I read it. I understand it, like awesome. And I was like, all right, cool. So I testified to him and all that. And um, he's been to church a couple of times. He's not here today, I don't think, but pray for him and pray for our conversations together. and uh, just seeing that, and reading over First Peter, First uh, Peter, uh, three fifteen, just like I don't know, the Bible is just so concrete, y'all. And um, we're blessed to have like D one and D two and LBI. We are blessed to have like people in our lives to. Um... Dang. <laughs> I became a (laughs) crybaby, y'all. We're blessed to have these teachers to um, help us along our way to get um, these answers to these questions, to elite these people. And um, I'm in D2 this summer, and I'm just seeing that, yeah. Yeah, and I just don't want to not have an answer to the question that'll lead someone that'll lead them? That, was good.
2: that was good. Man. Amen to that. Amen to that. And the reason he feels that way is because it's true. It's, it's truth. Truth makes you feel things. Right? And the Bible is true. And, and when you know When someone's asking you that question and you have an answer, there's almost no greater joy than getting to, like, share truth with someone who's genuinely seeking out truth. You might be the closest thing to a Bible some people will ever get to. We should know it. All right. Michaela.
6: Hi, I'm Michaela. Um, and this was my third time going to All Church Retreat. And so, um, I don't know, I go with this expectation of like, God's always gonna get me, basically, in some way and convict me. Um, and this year it was the second Friday morning message from Joel McCaig on humility. And the phrase, it just kind of like, stopped me in my tracks um, was he said, humility is dependence upon God. Um, Pride is dependence on self. And um, that just basically, uh, I felt like encapsulated my whole life of just being dependent upon myself. And um, he shared multiple verses about submission. Um, and talked about like how we're supposed to submit to like our employers, to the elders in our ministry, um, and to fellow believers. And I hate submission, like deep down. Actually, it's not deep. It's like right there. Um, and I resist it because I'm not the one who's in control. And I feel like if I am able to insert my will and... Um, do what I want, then, like, what is best will happen, because, like, I know what's best and stuff like that. And while he was preaching, um, God just began to bring to my mind examples of when I don't submit. Um, So, like, I naturally kind of depend on myself. I think, like, oh, if things will go my way, then I will get things done. And so, like, if I'm not in charge in a situation, then I try to make it so that I can be in charge. Um, I try to assert myself so that I'm seen in ministry. Um, I'm a teacher. And so like in the teaching world, this is kind of almost uh, encouraged that you be prideful because then if you take pride in your work, you'll do well. And so um, also at my school, they like put up your test scores for everybody can see it, so that's great. Um, And so like being recognized as a teacher Shows that like you're doing really well and that you're um, like a good teacher and so I try to assert myself and like make my kids work harder so that I look good and not for my kids um, and then uh, name dropping but only for myself because I don't care about anybody else and so purposely mentioning things that I've done so that like my name looks good and so that others. Uh, feel inferior and it was just all of these examples of God showing me like you are dependent upon yourself Um, and the verse that he read was first Peter 5 5 where he says "Um, likewise you younger submit yourselves unto the elder yea all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility for God resisteth the proud and giveth grace to the humble Um, and the thing I think that just broke my heart is, um, when I resist being humble, that God resists me. And I don't want to have that, um, that relationship with God where like the creator of the universe is resisting me. And, um, and then the other thing that got me from that sermon was, um, first Peter three, verse eight, where he says, finally be all of one mind, having compassion one another, of another, love as brethren, be pitiful, be courteous. Um, and so my other area of pride that God showed me, um, is he talked about was our natural tendency is when we see someone suffering is to be indifferent. And that is my natural response. And like a humble response is to have compassion. Um, and then our natural tendency is when we see someone to do well is to be covetous. Um, and a humble response is to like rejoice with someone when they're doing well. And so um, this verse just challenged me to allow God to just like uh, break my heart um, for like the suffering that I see with other people going through. And then also just to like rejoice my heart um, when people um, need someone to rejoice with them. And so um, right now, like my challenge is just to ask God to change my heart, because I can't, I can't be humble, and so that's the ultimate thing is just to depend on Him. Um, And so some questions that I'm just beginning to, like, ask myself, when I'm about to say something or do something that's just my natural tendency of pride, um, is asking, like, am I trying to insert my will to avoid submission? Um, And is this next word or action motivated to promote my image or God's glory? Um, And then how can I love this person during their rejoicing or during their sorrow? Um, And so, yeah, it's just kind of been asking God multiple times to just change my heart, even in a moment, like in a moment when I'm about to say something that's just like my natural thing to be like, God, just change my heart and um, help me to be uh, just like you. So... Yeah, that's what I got.
2: Again, a very honest testimony. And I think if more of us were uh, honest with ourselves, we are probably self-serving in, in a lot of those same ways. Um, Blake Holland, where you at, man? <laughs>
7: Hi, my name's Blake. Um, first time speaking up here, so I'm kind of nervous, so please bear with me. Um, all right, so ACR 2021 was a very convicting time for me. God convicted me of where my prayer life was at, where my time in the Word was at, but most of all, where my relationships with the body was at, especially in Kaya. Those of you who know me well, know that i struggle with with relationships in kaya due to my carrying around a cynical view of the church as a whole and a nihilistic view of relationships in general and god used acr this year to show me that i still hadn't completely died to myself in this area yet i found myself still struggling to be open and to spend time with people i wasn't used to and found myself struggling to stay out of my old habits of isolating myself in these times not helped by the fact that I was grieving the loss of close friends of mine who had fallen away from the faith. All the messages spoken were exactly what I needed to reflect on when confronted with these trials. Through the humility messages, I learned that I needed to die to myself in humility and to love God's people in doing so, not because I'm trying to earn anybody's love, but simply because it's what God asked me to do. And in light of this, I have no right to be proud because I'm just as much a sinner that Christ had to die for as anyone else. And at the root of it all, the cynicism comes from a place of pride and self-righteousness, which I have no right to hold on to, because of who I serve, and that's Jesus Christ. Through the prayer messages and some from George's, I was reminded to rely on God to sustain me in times of grief and struggle to not underestimate its power and to not be afraid to be vulnerable and broken before God. I tru- To truly tell him my heart. I also learned the importance of corporate prayer and constant prayer, that just because I live in a legacy and church age, that doesn't mean that God can't still move and perform great works through faithful men and women. Prayer is a very important part of following God as God wants to hear us and to move through it no matter what state the world is in. All in all, All Church Retreat bent me hard this year and I'm thankful for it because I now know what needs to be changed in my life and that's spending more time fellowshipping with you guys in total humility and love as God has shown me and also more time getting to know God and to sit at his feet that he may strengthen me in any and every battle I face, that I can continue to be a light to those around me. All right. And then I wanted to share a verse that LV shared with me towards the end. Shared with me John 15, 13 through 14. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Just a verse that I've been reflecting on through all church retreat. And I do just want to say I do love all you guys even if I haven't been the best at showing it. And I promise you guys going forward, I'm going to be better. Anyways, that's all I have. Love you.
2: Thanks, Blake. Blake, we know you love us by how well you protect this church out on the streets, dude. We know it. I see the look in your eyes. You're like ready to... Kill somebody if they come in and. <laughs> Love you, Blake. Uh, Cameron, where are you at <laughs>
8: okay. Hi, guys. It's a privilege to see all your beautiful faces from this point of view. Um, and man, I'm just so encouraged already by all of you that I've shared. Thank you. Um, so kind of started off all church retreat just being really overwhelmed um, from the evening sessions. I just recognize that like, I've been a person who wants people to tell me what the Bible says or instruct me, especially when it comes to things that I don't understand or I haven't been like... I haven't taught myself or, like, that are confusing or stuff in the Old Testament that I'm just kind of like, ooh, can you tell me? Because um, I don't, I don't want to put in the work. But God gave us his word, and I have the tools. I have the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of me, and I have the word of God to understand. And I don't have to be confused. Um, and I've just come to this desire, to have the desire of studying out his word. You know, like, we shouldn't even trust men and, like, what they have to say. Like, you can listen, but it's really just about coming to God in prayer um, and spending time with him, that he can reveal himself to us and show us what we need to hear in his own time. And I want to understand the whole Bible all at once, which is impossible and would be even more overwhelming than not understanding a handful of things. And God has a different thing, um, He has a good different timing than we do. And that's okay, because it's not, it's not like bad to not understand something. And just my walk is different than other walks. And God is sharing things with me that is different than what he's sharing with you. And so spending time in his word and in prayer, he communicates what I need to hear. Not what I want to hear and not what I want to understand. It's in his power. And so within all of this, just recognizing my pride of trying to do things in my own power, And then being insecure when I don't understand is just like a place where the enemy wants me. And so just going into this next school year and in this big season of transition, um, God has just reminded me that the enemy wants to put me in this box of seclusion, away from Christ and relying on myself because I can't do it. I can't do anything. And so in there, in the midst of this insecurity and pride, the enemy wants me there. And that's when he's going to attack me, when I need the Lord most. And so it's just this fear of being away from the body and being in school again in this season. And the fear of being around the lost and sin and temptation. Um, It easily just takes my thoughts and takes it away from the Lord and takes me away from fearing him above all these other things. And so I just like need to humble myself before him and come to him saying that I can't do this and I can't do anything on my own. Um, I can't even show Christ's love to people without knowing him. And I can't do it in my own power. But trying to is where I fail. And that's where I fall away from him. And so I just hope this has been encouraging and just knowing that, like, suffering for the Lord is so sweet. And it's such a sweet thing. Um, And God's just shown me the ways in which I've been prideful and how I typically fall into pride. And just like those things that come up over and over again in my life. Um, and I just need to want him and want to re- himself to reveal him to me. Um, and like my timing is not God's timing. And so really, it's just such a necessary and sweet reminder from the Lord that his plan for our lives is something that he shows us with time. And I just have to be patient with that. Um, Emma show me this verse when I was kind of in all of this, James 1, 2 through 8. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. But patience have a perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and abradeth not, and shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. let not the man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so just going forth, um, knowing that my faith and your faith, it will be tried, but it works patience, and what a joy to suffer for his glory. And I just pray that I wouldn't have a wavering faith, um, but that I would trust in God and rely on him and just be stable. Thanks.
2: Sorry, I was trying not to cough that whole time. Ah, praise God. Um, okay, thank you for that, Cameron. I almost said your last name and then I chickened out at the last second because I don't know how to say it. <coughs> uh, Emma, where are you at? All right.
9: Okay, wow. Hi, everyone. Um, My name is Emma Clayton. You can usually find me. I have headphones in. I'm usually not listening to anything. Um, Or I'm in sound and AV. If you want a um, ministry that humbles you consistently, please join. We also need people. Please join. Um, But yeah, I'm not qualified to stand here. not qualified because um, last year I had all church retreat I attended only after being here for like a month and my posture going in was combative and um, defensive because I'd only known church as being a place of hurt um, and hypocrisy yet was um, aware of God's love for his bride Um, and so going into all church retreat this year my expectations were well, last year, my I was kind of the worst, so hopefully this will be different. Um, and it was. I was astutely aware that sitting in the service, I trusted my pastors, and I trusted the people who were speaking, and I couldn't have said that last year. Um, and it's taken about a year to unwind all of that um, hurt and tension and calluses that were built up. Um, just through my own cynicism. Um, and it was, like, the evening services were dope. That, like, that, like scratches a part of my, like, personality. That is just, mm. I love um, examining things and being academic and intellectual. Um, but a lot of that pursuit, I noticed, um, shifted from reverence um, to self-preservation. And so it was actually Dan's message, which is a simple precept, just pray, um, that shot me (laughs) in the foot and punched me in the face um, and arrested me. Like, it was the statement, like, this is all for Christ. Like, the goal is Christ. Um, Yeah. And I realized, because going into it, I recognized that I had, my time in the Word was kind of dry. I wasn't, it was like miles wide for an inch deep. Um, It wasn't very uh, life-giving. And so my prayer was like, Lord, search my heart. And so in doing that, I came across Matthew 15, 8 through 9, and Isaiah 29, 13. Um, Specifically in Matthew, Jesus looks at... Pharisees, and he says, these people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. And I realized that a lot of my um, pursuit of the word, it was for intellectual assent. It was um, for preservation and for defense. Um, It wasn't out of reverence. And I was exchanging Christ and the person of Christ for Christ-likeness. And when those external symptoms of being in Christ become the thing, then it is really hard to actually be Christ-like. And so I also came across Ephesians 3:14 um, and Philippians three, nine through ten. Give me an awkward pause to turn there, please. Say la. Um, <laughs> you really like this Emma okay um, yeah Ephesians 3:14. Paul's addressing the church in Ephesus um, and he's like man you're doing great but this one thing there's this one thing and it's his love like this is the mystery um, and it's for this cause I bow my knees unto the father our Lord Jesus Christ um, that's not right panic there it is. Okay, yeah. Uh, for this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be, be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge, that ye might be filled with all the fullness of God. Um, Philippians 3, 9 through 10 says, And being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, But which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Um, So my posture in approaching the word needs to shift from obligation and commitment to reverence. Um, It's an immense privilege that we get to commune with God with Jehovah, like the creator of the universe wants to be reconciled to his creation. And it is an immense privilege to be able to do that directly and daily, moment by moment. And I was negligent that it comes at a severe cost. So to the cynic, pray. To the burdened, the hurt, pray. Um, To those who are in ministry, pray. Because without prayer, without Christ, this is all vanity.
2: Thank you, Emma. I'm glad you're here. I'm thankful for you. All right. That was the last of our testimonies. Um, you know, obviously, this this year uh, at All Church Retreat was uh, really... In, in, in a great way. It was academic in, in, in a great way. And George Grace laid out a beautiful uh, example for us of how we, we should be diving deep into the Word. Uh, it's worth knowing it. This is what I sent my Bible study guys this just uh, verse in Colossians. This is Colossians 1 9 through 12. This was just an encouragement of what we should be desiring to know. And just like Dan said, the goal is Christ, right? This is what it says. For this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will and in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God strengthened with all might according to His glorious power unto all patience and long-suffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. The goal has to be Christ. And we, we do seek to know God, right? We have the, to seek after knowledge of the Word of God is good. But if, if it's just, like Emma was saying, if it's just an academic pursuit where you just want to read something and know something so that you can win an argument, it's fruitless. And that's why it's made clear that we're seeking after the knowledge of His will. And you're seeking after the knowledge of His will for your life. And so we can apply these things to our life so that the outpouring of our life, of these good works, the, the way, like David was saying, David Galvin, the way that our, we try and do the reverse, we try and do these good works so that, God's pleased with us, whatever, is we need to do the opposite. We need to be able to know the knowledge of His will, grow in the knowledge of His, of His will, and an understanding of that so that the good works that come from our life are actually pleasing to God. Because if not, then it's just, you might as well just go study trigonometry. You might as well go spend your time doing something else if you're just going to do that, right? But anyway, so that was the end of our, our testimonies. But if... If you're here today, and I'm going to speak to to the believers in the room, right? If you heard something today that you know, man, that spoke to me uh, in a way that, that I haven't heard before, and I can relate to that testimony because I'm still on the front end of where that testimony, where they got to, I'm still on the other end of that, where I feel this way, but I see that that is right, and I need to change the way I'm living. I need to allow God to be God in my life. Right? I'm encouraging you to get those things right as we go back into worship. Uh, worship team, let's come on back up. And we're gonna have people here to to be be ready to pray with you and to work through those things. But now to to people in, in this room that may not know Jesus, that may not know Christ as their personal savior, I encourage you that the goal, it's no different, you know, for people who would call themselves Christians as it is for the lost, the goal still has to be Christ. The world is going to offer you a lot of things and you're going to see a lot of options and everything's going to look wonderful and and you want to chase every little shiny thing that's in the world and you think that that thing is going to bring you satisfaction. But I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to fail you. And only Christ, only Christ being the goal of your life is going to bring you actual, real joy and fulfillment in your life. And if you don't really understand what I'm saying by that, I, I encourage you to please talk to whoever invited you. Again, there will be people here uh, waiting to, to, to greet you and to pray with you, to work through those things. Uh, but please don't, don't allow these things to go in one ear and out the other. Uh, please work through them. But anyway, you guys can stand. We're going to get back into worship.
0: That today's message encouraged you to follow Christ in His Word. For more information about Kaya, for service times, and information about our disciple making ministry, please visit our website at caya.lib.